1: It was embarrassing for me because I felt um, like, oh, God, like I didn't want my dad and my mum to know what had happened. You know what I mean? It was like, yeah, yeah, I felt real. I felt the guilt and I felt the shame. And that's what happens. Like when you're the victim of it, you're the one who feels the shame and embarrassment and um, dirty. I just felt so
0: dirty. Welcome to The Deep. I'm Zoe Marshall. In my early 20s, a lot of traumatic things happened. And ever since then, I have had this fascination with people and their stories. This is The Deep. As a 14-year-old girl, Frankie was kidnapped and gang-raped for hours and hours. This is her incredible story of survival. It's a story of abuse, addiction domestic violence, a mother's love and forgiveness. Content warning. This episode discusses rape, abuse and domestic violence. If you're suffering or are triggered by the content, help services are listed in the show notes. Welcome to The Deep. This has um, taken us quite some time to get together, so thank you for persevering. It's fine. It's good to be here. This is going to be potentially one of the hardest conversations we've had on The Deep for people. I do want to warn them.
1: Yeah, it's pretty
0: tough. Do you want to take us back to the incident that happened in when you were 14 years old?
1: I was staying, well, I went to stay at a friend's place in town and um, there was about, there was a whole group of us, like I was only 14, there was some younger than me, There's probably about five mates, and we um, we went for a walk uh, to an auntie's, so we are just walking through a part of town that probably wasn't the best part of the town, But, um, yeah, we were walking there and a car full of uh, gang members pulled up. We stopped to talk to someone um, and then a, a carload of gang members pulled up and just dragged me into their car and then took me, yeah, driving around for a bit and then to a house where they, yeah, raped me. So yeah it was pretty scary stuff.
0: So how many men and what age are we talking at these people? There was six
1: involved. There was two young like young ones and there was four grown men probably in their 30s.
0: Do you I mean I don't want to go too far into that memory of yours but do you Mm. were you drugged or were you conscious were they holding you by force um
1: well there was I was only a little child really like a little girl so I was crying and struggling and bloody I got smacked in the head a few times to and told to shut up and I was shoved in between the driver and another person. So I was sitting in the middle. It was one of those big cars with the bench seat. Mm. Um, So I was kind of like trapped. Yeah. And I guess it was so, it was freaky. It was so scary. I think I I knew quite quickly that there wasn't going to be much that I could do here. You know, like there wasn't a lot that I could do to save myself if you know what I mean I was trapped
0: when they started assaulting you I can't even imagine how terrifying a moment like that is for a child Mm. do all six of them assault you so
1: what happens is they've Take me back to a house, and uh, one of them takes me into a room, and uh, yeah, kind of just takes my clothes off and does what he does, and then he leaves, and the next guy comes in, and he does what he does, and yeah, so it was four, four in the end. The other the two young fellas, they were just. Um, like their you know I don't know prospects or something so it was just the four main well sorry it was it was three and then there was one other that lived in the house that um ended up kind of he ended up getting me out of the house in the end after 12 hours I was there for 12 hours the whole ordeal was 12 hours and so I was in this room and the first guy that had taken me into the room when the other guys had gone he came back into the room and just fell asleep next to me (laughs) um so I was like trapped there like thinking what the you know what am I going to do here um but the guy that had that lived in the house he when he came in and done what he done he says oh you know I'll I'll try and get you out
0: after he assaulted you
1: yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yep. He says, I'll, I'll try and get you out. I'll, I'll come back when everyone's asleep. So yeah, he did. He came back in. Um, so I kind of really ch- tried to be as quiet as I could to get up. And of course he, he woke up that guy and, you know, even at that age I knew what I had to do. I was like, Oh man, I've got to go to the toilet. So I managed to get out of that room. Mm. And the, then the other guy took me into his room and, yeah, he was he was disgusting. Yeah, he kind of, um, yeah, assaulted me all night.
0: He was the one that said, I'll get you out. But then he took yes. you out of the room into his room and continued to assault you for hours yeah. before yeah, he yeah. took you out.
1: Yep, yep. Before um, I got out of the house... He was like, because I'd been begging him to get me out of the house, you know, like, please just let me go now. So he says, I'll go out and check um, everybody, make sure everyone's asleep so I can get you out. So he goes out for a bit and then he comes in, he says, oh, you know, we're going to move through real, you know, they're saying they want another another go. <laughs> this is what he said. So I, by then I was a mess and I just like fell on the ground. I was freaking crying my eyes out. And he said, "I oh, would just gotta be very quiet." And then he ended up getting me out of the house, and drove me around for a bit, and then um, finally dropped me off. He took me to the river first and tried again to have sex or rape me again. It was just crazy, you know. He finally dropped me off to where I'd been staying, where I was supposed to stay that night. Um, and yeah, I was just like, you know, I was just a numbshell from then on when I think about
0: it. Cause this is what is, is I, I really want to share with our audience listening is, you know, you enter this one person and then you're assaulted mm. and sexually abused and you're changed, you know? you're you're in this incredibly traumatic experience when when you're in that experience are you does your mind are you in survival mode or does your mind take you do you dissociate do you yeah how do you cope
1: so like apparently your your body you know we're, we're incredible beings that when we're going through something that traumatic we have survival things that just like kick in like I don't remember the actual physical feeling the physicalness of what was happening to me Mm -hmm. I kind of remember I remember kind of like looking down (laughs) that's I remember looking down on myself from the above the door for some reason it's weird but Mm -hmm. you know like I I had I, I think I'd left my body um I don't know if you can relate to that, but yeah, it's, you know, my, my whole being was numb. I, I can't really remember the feelings as such because my body had like shut down.
0: It's like self-preservation to survive. I think so. Yeah. So you get to a safe place. Is it at that point, can you feel the physical impacts when you're safe or do you just shut down? Just
1: incredible numbness. Mm. Yeah. Like, like a cloud, like almost like you're in a bubble. I just remember that. And it's almost like coming over me again now as I'm talking about it, which is quite interesting. Um, It's like a, a, and I've got like a real dread in my chest, like far out. This is, you know, when something really big happens to you, like you're, that feeling of dread, because I knew that I, something I had, I was not the same person. It's a huge thing that had had happened to me, and yeah, nothing was going to be the same again, and it wasn't.
0: Who was the first person that you saw that was safety for you?
1: I went to my friend's place, but um, what had happened is. The guy that we'd stopped to see the night before, when I got dragged into the car, um, had gone straight to the cops. So they were searching for me. So my parents already knew about it. They'd been up, up looking for me everywhere. Um, so when I went back to my mate's place, I just tried to be normal, if you could, if you, I could be like. No one really said anything to me, and we just went on with the day which is weird, eh? <laughs> the mother was there, but you, you got to understand that I was told if I talked about it and if I told the cops or went to the cops that they'd kill me. You know, they were, I was terrified of that. But um, the cops had already been told and um, I didn't even know until I got into town and they saw me. And like a family friend, a cop that we'd known that grew up around by us um, he was the first one to approach me and ask me mm. um, yeah so I didn't um, even know that my parents knew what had happened
0: so your parents found out from the cops
1: yeah in the middle of the night that I'd been abducted
0: yeah poor things and then those cops did you tell them about the the assault? Yeah,
1: yeah I did They took me in, they asked me where I'd been What had happened, that they'd that heard I mean that, that they knew What had happened, that I'd been Taken um, I First I had to do a statement um, About everything that had gone on So that took a while um, And then I had to do The medical thing where The doctor had to do the examination Rape kit thing Uh, and then I had to see my parents, though, waiting at the police station when I got there. It was really, it was awkward. It was embarrassing for me because I felt um, like, oh, God, like I didn't want my dad and my mum to know what had happened. You know what I mean? It was like, Mm -hmm. yeah, I felt real. I felt the guilt and I felt the shame and stuff. That's what happens, like, when you're the victim of it. You, you're the one who feels the shame and embarrassment and um, dirty. I just felt so dirty.
0: How do they process this with you? What do they say? What do
1: they do? You know, like I don't know if they even knew how to deal with it, but I just felt very alone in my own shit, you know. Mm. I felt um, I didn't want them to know. I didn't want them to know I hurt I was hurting I felt like I'd put them them and my whole family through this thing but you know now that I look back I know I hadn't because it wasn't me but back then when I, when you're in the middle of it you do you feel like you're yeah you you've caused all this yeah
0: and you're a child so, there must be some way or something you turn to to cope because there is an awful amount of trauma there. What do you do to survive the day to day? I just turned to like anorexic
1: bulimic pretty much not too long after. Like, pretty, yeah, I don't know, I can't remember exactly when I started like purging and stuff, but yeah, that was pretty immediate um or i'd i'd run for hours exercise so like real hard out in my bedroom just anything i think to focus on mm. um and then there was the food and the calorie counting and the um yeah the eating and the vomiting it was very yeah shocking and I think it it was just anything to divert myself from even thinking about it. Like I was, then I got into drinking. Like I was a chronic alcoholic for pretty much any time, any, whenever I could get alcohol. (laughs) So um, yeah, addiction was a huge part of my
0: life. When did the drinking begin?
1: Look, if I could, I would have, would have been straight away, but of course I was only 14. So just when I, when I could get hold of it, A drink to get really waste, no drunk, and Mm -hmm. um, yeah, got me into some horrible situations. But yeah, I still wanted to be normal. I didn't, you know, like so. I still tried to just get on, go on with my life, like still. But then I, I started hanging out with the wrong crowd, and uh, I, I still had to go to school, but that really got thrown out the window too because I was hardly ever there. So I, I was only three months at um, high school when that happened. So yeah. I was kind of, yeah, so then I had the court case to go through. And that was traumatic um, on top, but yeah. And then I had, like, society, like, the, the, the cruelness of people, you know, like, oh, you know, like, the stories that came out, I think that was the hardest part.
0: It was like, wow, well, how cruel people can be. What did they say? I yeah, what
1: was she what was she doing there? I mean, um she shouldn't been in the area. Um there was a story going around that most people believed that um I was at a party with them and um, some people had got me away from the party, but I had gone back on my free will to um, to go back to the party, and that's how it happened. Like, and you know, people just hear these things, and then they don't—they don't even know if it's true. They don't look into any further. They just hear it and they think these things. It's just it's so. It's just the, the whole. Like, the trauma that you go through after something like that happens is from what people say and how they treat you. It's horrible.
0: The victim blaming.
1: Yeah, the victim blaming.
0: Yeah.
1: It's just, I mean, it's disgusting.
0: There would be, I mean, I'm sure people with preconceived ideas of this conversation thinking those things, you know, and thinking, Well, why is a 14 year old girl out at midnight? You know? Yeah. And you would have had to live through people questioning the victim, questioning if you wanted it, questioning if you deserved it. And I think that is so important to vocalize because this is happening still. What 14 year old girl would ever want to? put herself in in that kind of situation that to me is so awful and i'm really sorry that that happened to you i'm really sorry that you didn't feel supported it's all right
1: (laughs) yeah it's um that's just that's just people that's people can be cruel you know of course the guys the perpetrators i don't know if it was them that actually was saying it but just people around were saying ah she enjoyed it all of this kind of horrible shit that you hear that comes back and then um yeah it just starts to I don't know I I just got really I was antisocial you know for a long time how are you supposed
0: to trust anybody after yeah yeah
1: I mean I was getting death threats like I had to get we had to get new phone phone numbers and you know, because I was going to court. Um, like, if you if you go to court, we're going to kill you, <laughs> shit like this. But I did. I went through the court case, and I'm so glad that I did, you know. Just so glad that I was able to stand up and do that. There's so many women that can't. So many. I couldn't imagine how it would feel if it had happened, and who would you tell? Who would you believe? You know, like, I mean, who would believe you? you know
0: what do these men get um, sentenced with? okay so two got the
1: maximum sentence which was back then was seven and seven and a half years. One guy I couldn't for some reason they reckon I couldn't um, identify him properly or some something He got three and a half years or was it four years or something? And the guy, the guy that took me into his room got me out, that the big hero, he, um, you know, sarcastically, um, he he got six months <laughs> <Wow>. PD. <gasps>
0: and
1: that was for sleeping with a minor.
0: Wow. So that one wasn't a rape charge. That was uh, a... Mean- no, no. N- yeah, yeah.
1: And yeah, I didn't, I couldn't understand why that happened, but yeah. Yeah. It, it, it just yeah i i've never chased that I, I sometimes feel like i should go back and you know really dig a bit deeper about that one but it's like it was so long ago you kind of want to move on now it's like it consumes so much of your life mm-hmm.
0: how do relationships evolve in your life do you ever feel romantically about a partner do you um trust a partner? How does that evolve for you post this experience?
1: Mm, yeah, it sexually, I was really screwed up from that experience. I'd done a lot of things, stupid things. I mean, not stupid things, but to be expected type, type things. I think it was like when I'd meet someone, I was like, just get that over. Like, I never enjoyed sex, but I for some reason inside of me I believe that's all that they really wanted which makes sense I suppose <laughs> um just wanted the cuddles after you know <laughs> so get that get that out of the way um I didn't enjoy sex for a very long time yeah it was disgusting to me um but I did I did get through it I I mean, I wouldn't say I have the best libido or anything now. Yeah, it's something like I'm still working out, actually. But I did have a long-term relationship with my kid's dad, or well, eight years, but he was he was very controlling and, and manipulative and physically abusive. So, yeah, I, I was vulnerable, and he got his mitts into me. <laughs> and kind of controlled me for, like, a long time and really used what happened to me, you know, against me in a lot of ways. Um, Yeah, it's probably the worst kind of man for me to have been with, but, yeah.
0: I guess trauma can um, attract, you know. Yeah,
1: I I just felt worthless, you know, like, I didn't – I felt like – I didn't deserve much better than that. That's what that had done to me. Mm. Um, And I don't, this is what happens to women that that are raped, though, a lot of the time, eh? mate. They, you just take it and, you know, you,
0: yeah, you feel like you're the bad person or something. So you meet this man and you have how many children? Two. I
1: had two children to him. And I was already very, um, I was a real, well, I was drinking a lot, but I'd gotten into the hard drugs back by then. What ones? Like heroin type stuff, morphine. So I was, um, he kind of got me into injecting. And so, yeah, that was a long, long struggle, battle that I had, um, Yeah, so I was on the methadone for 15 years um, in the end. But yeah, I finally came off
0: that. How old were your babies? Did you fall pregnant when you were a drug addict or um, was that post?
1: Both my babies were clean babies. I was still bulimic though. Um, If it wasn't the drugs, it was the bulimia that took over so... My son was really sick when he was born. He was only like four pounds and he had this gastrogesis, where all his intestines grew through his belly button. Mm. Freaky. Um, I always blame myself because I was bulimic for quite a few months into that pregnancy. And, um, yeah,
0: no, that was just another thing that went. I went through. Oh my god. So so you met this man, the man man gets you into hard drugs. You get off the hard drugs through the pregnancies, but you yeah. you switch to your other addiction which is the bulimia. When the babies are born, do you go back onto the hard drugs? I think I have a little probably a period
1: where I don't, but then you you start to get, you know, like because especially when you've got a man that's using like it's really hard to not use. (laughs) So he didn't change when I had the kids, he just stayed the same. So eventually you do
0: get back into it. And how did you manage that? How did you manage parenting and being a user? It's almost like it's self-medicating. So I didn't, I didn't think
1: that I was, I got myself that wasted, but you know, obviously I, I did, but it was more like I was normal, because um, when you when you start taking morphine and opiates, it's only when you're not taking it when you, is, that's when you're sick and you and you you can't get up to look after the kids. So it's almost like, you know, you're chemically addicted to this this um, drug, and you you need it every day just to function and just mm. to be able to look after the kids um that's why I went on the methadone because it was it just took away the whole um having to go out and get money for it and then having to find it um it didn't take away the injecting though because I I still injected my methadone but yeah it kind of I had to go to a chemist to get it and that's what made it different you know it was prescribed by a doctor So yeah, that. So then, once I was on that, I, I was pretty kind of had a normal life. I felt. My kids might um, say differently. I don't, you know, they say it was, was hard, but they also say you know that I was a good mum. So, yeah. A mum trying to survive. They didn't know what had happened to me.
0: Have you ever told them?
1: I told my daughter. Because after i um was done off the methadone I was clean for five years and i um, I ended up relapsing and I got into um meth quite badly um it just started with one line and yeah it just unleashed a monster and and you know, and I was going out with a guy that was dealing so yeah, I just tumbled into this real dark world um for about three years and my my older kids My daughter was around 16 and my son was about 19. They disowned me. They didn't want to know me. Um, And that really hurt me so bad. Um, And so I told my daughter what had happened to me. That was a um, a bad time, but she kind of got to understand a little bit more about me after that. Um, And yeah uh they they are so you know they they know they can come to me now for anything see I've been clean for four years I went to rehab about four years ago and came off the um the meth and everything so
0: yeah we're really close now how did you make amends how did they forgive you
1: I don't know. I think they always loved me, loved me so much. Like, look, one thing my kids didn't miss out on was love. I loved them, you know, deeply, and they, they knew that. Um, and so we just talked about things, you know. Like, when, the, when my kids were um, younger, we used to play a game, <laughs> Um. And it was take the cotton wool out of your ears and put it in your mouth so you can just listen. And then one person speaks, and then you take the cotton wool out of your ears ears when it's your turn, I mean your mouth, put it in your ears so that you get to speak. And we'd time each other for five minutes. So you actually stop and listen to each other. Mm. So um, I found out so much, especially about my son, about what he used to go through when I was getting a hiding from his dad, you know, like things that I'd never have known. I mean, he'd be in the bedroom with his hands over his little, her sister's ears protecting her, you know, so she couldn't hear anything that was going on in the other room, mm-hmm. you know, things like that. I mean, I mean, I don't think we, we ask our children enough, you know, what their experiences. I mean, we talk a lot now and, I don't know if they even needed to forgive. I mean, you'd really have to ask them.
0: It's going to be quite a unique experience because I do have a time to talk to your daughter about this. You gave yes, you you passed. On, well, she was the one that, in fact, um, suggested you be a guest on this show.
1: I know. Yes, I know. and then
0: I asked you if you thought that that would be appropriate if I got to hear her experience. Mm yeah and so I thank you for saying you have to ask them because um I think it's important to go to the child of a parent that has overcome extreme trauma and has been through different vices you know yeah and how that changes her and her perspective on life oh definitely
1: yeah it hasn't been easy for them um They've suffered too, you know, just like my my family have suffered, my sister and my brothers, you know, they all suffered from from what happened to me. I mean, they had to go through it with my family, you know. Um, it's almost like when I'm telling you the story, it's not doing it justice.
0: I don't think we will ever get to understand the depths of the insidious nature. I don't think any of us will, but I think that we can imagine the impact on everybody involved and yeah yeah i want you mm-hmm. to tell something so extraordinary happened to you um in mm. relation to your perpetrators later on yeah could you tell us about
1: this so um it's happened with two of them actually um two of the guys that got the maximum um when they one guy when he got out he um was at the pub when I was at the pub one day one night and um I didn't even know it was him but one of my friends that I was with um was said hey hey that's um so and so you know um he he wants to talk to you (laughs) so I'm like what no way I don't want you know Uh, you know, you just, you kind of get this rush that goes through you, like, like adrenaline rush. It's like, what? I I was freaking out because I was, I was so scared for so many years, you know, like if I ever saw any of that, those guys, that gang, I'd run, you know, I'd be terrified. Yes. I thought they were going to kill me, you know? And then, um, so I was freaking out, but I did go and talk to
0: him. Can I ask, though, how long was this after the uh, uh, event?
1: It was probably about 10 years. Okay. Maybe a bit longer than 10 years, maybe 12.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Probably probably in my mid-20s. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, I did go up to him and talk to him, and he said, um, I just want you to know that I'm really sorry for what i done and that um, I'm here now, and you do whatever you want to me right now, like whether I wanted to beat him up, or anything like that, Um, and it just really touched me, you know, I know it, it was horrible what I went through, but when someone's actually admitting to you, you know, when someone's prepared to stand in front of you and apologize like like he did um I don't know I just yeah I just didn't know what else to say but it's all good I I just I took it. it might sound weird to people but it wasn't until I got home I went home straight away after that and I got in the door and I dropped to the ground and I just sobbed man like Years of pain came out of me, you know, because you do wonder what they think or what they thought of what they'd done to me, you know. You know, that is a big question in your mind. And and you never get it. Usually you never get a chance to hear what they, you know, what they think. Um, and I did get that chance. So that was a huge, it was a hugely healing experience for me. Um, and then the, the second time i'm uh got to see the other guy he was um was when I relapsed the last time, and I was associating with some pretty tough guy you know some some guys and um I had to admit that that's this that had happened to me by someone and anyway he made it so that I could talk to this guy and yeah we talked for quite a while about I got to tell him what he'd done to me and how much he'd screw my life up and he got to sit and listen to it and yeah it was pretty pretty amazing and I even left look I gave the guy a hug and he's look. If you ever need anything, sis, da 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 da. You know, like I know it's probably sounds real weird to people, but you know, when something happens to you like that, only the the best way really to heal is forgiveness. For not not for them, for you, for you, mm-hmm. for you, your your being, you know. Mm-hmm. And if you can, if you can actually, um, fully forgive, man. You become so strong and then you become, to, you become able to, um, I don't know, tell your story or help others, help mm-hmm. others who have been there or, or are going through the same. It takes a long time to be able to forgive, but, you know, eventually I had to and I needed to for my own sake. Yeah, I didn't want to be bitter and um, I was – bitter for a long time you know and now I'm just working on forgiving myself really and I think I've, I've come a long way in the last five five years five or ten years <laughs> when I think about who I was 10 years ago to now um yeah the work I've done on myself has paid off mm-hmm. I've been getting counseling uh pretty much on and off all my life so yeah I've always gone back because I don't want to be mixed up. I really do want happiness. And for a long time I did I lost the lost the potential to enjoy life. Um yeah, I lost my spark. I had no spark. You know, I was just a hollow hollow shell really for a long time
0: after that. What do you feel you have to forgive within yourself?
1: <sighs> yeah. Um Forgive myself for what I've done to myself, <laughs> probably mostly, you know. Forgive myself for <sighs> beating myself up, for um, hating myself so much because of all of that stuff, you know, um,
0: when I never deserved it, yeah. You managed to forgive those men mm. Mm. and hug those men and mm. that is really incredible and it feels like the one that needs to be forgiven first is you because you, you they did that yeah yeah and you forgave them with, with ease yeah yeah Mm. And I think it's a beautiful thing. I'm one of the ones that believes you with forgiveness is the most powerful thing. I think you are incredible for doing that, but it makes me so sad that you get forgiven last. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> oh, God, isn't that true? Hey, Yeah. Mm. It's, I don't know, it's so funny because you can love, people eh? and you can I can love my kids with all my heart and I can love you know um anyone I'm just, I just love people but when it comes to loving me it's just so hard but I, it's a work in progress and I'll never I'll never I'll never give up <laughs> I don't think I'll ever give up trying to get to that place and you know
0: yeah it's a it's a, it's a process you know when these two men apologized. Did you ask them why they did it or how they did it?
1: Mm. That's just the culture. That's just um, some men just get, they take. They've got no respect for women. You know, it, it comes down to that they have no respect for women. They were just a, we're just a thing to be, to be used. Really, you know, that mentality, and they were on a lot of drugs. One of the that guy told me that they were was so wasted. The first guy at the pub couldn't only remember bits of because he said no excuse, no excuse at all. But I, I, I knew something, when I woke up, he said, "I did talk to him for a little while." He said that when I woke up, I knew that I'd done something, but I could only remember bits. So you know, like yeah. And back then, back in the eighties, it was a it was a crazy, crazy time. It was happening a lot to to
0: young girls and women. You have a daughter, and when she reached the age of fourteen, was that confronting for you to see her at that age yeah and know that that was you at that age
1: yep I'd actually just come off the methadone so I was really feeling everything but you know like because methadone can numbs your emotions and I'd been off probably for about she turned 14 around the same time so it just it kind of shook me because what I saw was how innocent she was and how you know because you don't realize those things when it happens to you yourself you know she was just an innocent child at 14 and it made me think of how young I must have been and how young I was and um yeah I had to go back to counseling then I went back to counseling because it just it it really brought it all back Mm. quite um yeah in my face (laughs) yeah but I was, I didn't want to stop her from having a normal, the normal teenage time, you know, I didn't want my fears to get in the way of hers, her life, Um, and she was, she was doing silly things, she I found out she'd jumped out her window, and I was like, oh my god, you know, like, if she, if anything was to happen to her, at least I want her to be able to ring me, you know, like, and not feel that she's in trouble, so, you know, I appear into the wee bit differently. Maybe it was like I don't care where you want to go, what you want to do. Just let look, you can go. You just please tell me, and I'll drop you there and I'll pick you up afterwards. But please don't, don't. Um, you don't have to lie to me. And so I appear into the, a lot like that. Mm. And um, it was quite funny. She didn't actually really want to do anything after I did it.
0: <laughs> My mom did the same with me and I didn't do yeah. anything.
1: <laughs>
0: when, you're, when you're allowed to do things, you don't do them.
1: Yeah, it took the fun out of it,
0: eh? <laughs> yeah. If you're just going to pick me up anyway, then what's the point?
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. It was so funny.
0: You do a really incredible type of work now. I'm not sure if you can talk about it or not, but if you can do you want to share what you do now
1: yep so um when I first come off the method well actually when I was on the method I started doing I started doing a um counseling degree because I thought I really wanted to help people but I knew I'd have to have a piece of paper you know I had to have the the proof that I knew what I was doing talking about um because of, of my addictions and everything so um so I got my counseling degree about eight years ago, but then I had that relapse. so I slowly have been um, doing peer support work, but i I just had a job working with um, mums, pregnant mums who have meth addictions or quite severe meth addictions. Mm. Yeah, what
0: powerful yeah, work. So,
1: yeah. Yeah, I love it. There's no better feeling than helping someone, eh? And, yeah, I suppose when you've been through so much in your life, you just know, you just instinctively know what's, you know, how they feel. And, yeah, it is a beautiful turn turn of events, really, (laughs) when you can start working with people. How many years ago were you 14?
0: 33 years ago. And within all of that time, what is the one, I mean, I'm sure there are so many learnings, but what's yeah. the most profound thing that you have learnt in this 33 years? Mm. Mm.
1: Probably to never give up, never give up on trying to find happiness and are you happy now I am I actually actually I think I am happy yeah I had another child he was my um my gift from God (laughs) (laughs) I'm not religious my not religious but he was you know like he's he's my he's 11 and it's just uh it's so amazing how much um joy your kids can give you away and I've got a grandson now so he just—he's just everything to me, you know. Um, we're nothing—we're nothing on our own, eh? We, but it's others that make us who we are. And I'm just so grateful, and I'm so glad that I've got my family, and I've got my kids, and yeah, that's what I strive
0: for, really. Wow, you really are like a, a survivor, you know? Obviously, a survivor, but you have just shown what incredible strength and resilience it takes to thrive. Mm. It's yeah. such a, yeah. it's such a incredible story. I want to ask our final question on the deep is who are you when no one's watching? <laughs> My when no one's watching? Hmm.
1: I'm just me. I'm just I'm a I'm a beautiful human being. <laughs> <laughs> you are. I am and I'm strong and I you know? Ah oh, yeah. Um I'm proud. I'm proud and I'm so glad I got to talk to you, Zoe. Yeah, it's been awesome. Um Yeah. I feel good about life now and it's only taken this like 30 years but you do come through it.
0: Yeah. Thank you. Thank you so much for Thank sharing you. with us.
1: It's okay. I never I never dreamed I would. So yeah, thanks thanks to my girl she found you and um
0: <laughs> it was meant to got be. Got me
1: yeah. Yeah, it was meant to be. Thank you, Zoe.
0: I hope you enjoyed this week's episode of The Deep. If it's left you with any burning questions for me or our guests, please hit us up by direct message on Instagram at What's The Deep.